This week on the Esports Extra podcast, we're talking to Cedar Cliff grad and Arizona State coach Adam Brenneman. The crazy world of recruiting. Who knew? We thought we knew. I'd but now we know a lot more. Oh, I learned so much from him. Some would say insightful. Some, <laughs> some would say insightful. Plus, I would also just like to let everyone know that these are the greatest, most hotly debated 27-second takes. Doesn't get a better tease than that, huh? Welcome into the Sports Extra podcast. Ali Baruby, Logan Reaver. Happy Thursday. It is a good day. Always. We always have the best days. I'm so excited today. We always have the worst transitions into the start of the show, though. I haven't mastered that part yet. Are you calling me out? No, I'm saying both of us. Okay. It's a mutual failure. Because it starts very, like, it's almost like a um, like a Sesame Street opening. It's like, hi, hello, welcome. And then it's like we get into, like, you know. Uh, awkward transitions. Hot, heated yeah. debates. Well, that's what you. That's what they. Pay that's how. That's how. I, yeah. That's what we describe the show as such. But uh, it's going to be a fantastic. Day. I really feel like this week. Obviously, we're talking playoffs. Like you know, that's that's going to be a theme yes. here for the next month. But mm-hmm. like, what a crazy sports week already. Second best time of the year. Can't <laughs> say it enough. Second best <laughs> time of the year. Everyone's going to be like, I already listened to this episode. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. It's <laughs> not. It's not a repeat what? one. I actually shouldn't say this exact week because I think that when the second round of the NBA playoffs gets going is actually the best time because the first round is usually not good. Although it has been very good in terms of surprises so far. Well, yes. Unparalleled surprises. Surprising surprises. Uh, by <laughs> that's how, def- that, that's by how it goes. Yeah, but like it could be like a mild surprise. But like, I don't know, Mavericks being up 2-0 on the Clipper. Like that's a surprise surprise. That's a surprising surprise. I also feel like there's just so many stories coming out left and right about NFL players right. or, you know, it's just like. I mean, Rodgers. We haven't even. Scratch the we surface. We haven't even of gotten that. into that one yet. Yeah. No, but but like it just feels like you cannot get off Twitter because you'll miss something immediately. That's the Twitter experience, I think. Gosh, they the, the marketing strategy there is great. Just keep breaking sports news and everyone will use your platform twenty four twenty four hours a day. Absolutely. My favorite thing about Twitter is that all of the different sectors of Twitter. So it's like you have sports Twitter mm. and then specific fan bases in Twitter. And it's like I have my college friends who don't even like sports Twitter. And then, like, my high school friends who do. So it's like I get all these different feeds, and I have no idea what's happening sometimes. You think you have friends? I know I have friends. On Twitter, at least. Fake friends. <laughs> no, but you're right. It's, you're right. Imagine now half my Twitter is Bachelorette Twitter. Then yes. they really have no idea what's going on. Sports Like, wise. in general? <laughs> oh, <I was> Sports-wise. Like <laughs> Sports-wise. I was like... <laughs> yeah, they're really... Those people that I spend a lot of my oh, time with... don't name with, them. They're okay. so clueless. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's a great day, to, except for if you're them. Everybody else is, yeah. Before we get too far into the episode, be a friend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please rate us five stars and leave us a review. All right, back to the episode. You know who's not clueless? Producer Tyler. Oh, okay, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> These are my favorite transitions. I'm going to do this to you yeah. every week now. You oh, know yeah. who's? You know who's? I have no idea. You know who's your friend? I have no clue. Producer Tyler. Could go any which way. Hi, Tyler. What's going on? Hi. I want to bring Tyler on first, only because I feel like sometimes we just ignore him. And well, didn't he not have a take last week? I think we just ran over I th- him. I think so. Yeah. So um, Tyler's going to do his 27-second take 54-second take. Why does he? Oh, because he gets double? <laughs> if you want it. Wow, that was I don't really need double. Yeah, that was good math, That right? was really good math. 27 times 2 is sick. That, that was fast, though. Look, you can say a lot of things about me, but you can't say I don't know my times tables, given that's not on my times table. I was going to say 27 times 2 is not a times table. But. 27 times 3. 81. <laughs> yep. He's right. No, Boom. he's not. 54 yes, plus 27. Yes, he is. Woo! All right. Let's Get my move. name out your mouth. Let's move right along. <laughs> um, Tyler, put only 27 seconds on the clock. And your time for your 27-second take starts right now. 54. I'm a Patriots fan, cool. and I truly believe that they should trade for Julio Jones. Uh, there was a report that said Julio has has gone down to two teams. He wants to either go to the Titans or the Patriots. So he should go to the Patriots. That is the one key piece that I believe that that team is missing is a absolute stud of a receiver. Julio Jones is probably the best receiver. He's at least top three. And Patriots should trade for him. Gonna do with that time. Just gonna do with that leftover time. It was like half a second, Logan. Was that really? 
I thought you just did it because you were done. Was that no? It was twenty-seven. Oh, okay. I thought that was more like closer to twenty. This is the thing we really don't know how long. Yeah, no. I thought you were just. I thought you were doing it because you were done. I didn't think that was actually twenty-seven. The one week I did go over, but that actually was twenty-seven seconds. There, look at you. He's getting very refined. Very good. Yeah. I got a nice little bow at the end. When you said well you're going to do like a Julio Jones take, I thought it yeah. was going to be the fact that Sharp called him on air and asked him. That's a whole other thing. I kind of, he had to have known, right? I'd, he had no idea. You don't think so? No idea. Oh, this could turn into a big debate. I think th- the way that he was talking and the way that it was like so casual and guys don't do that in the NFL. Do they don't go that, especially knowing if you go to any like Julio Jones press conference and the way dressing a media. That was like big brother type of we're just kind of, you know, kicking back and talking about things. Con- just the general tone of it all. Conspiracy theory. Oh, I've I've seen a couple. But think about it. Like I- when it's free agency, right? Like agents yes. will just throw stuff out there just to like. But it's not the players see. ever. But think about it. Like, oh, well, we'll fake this. We'll, we'll make it seem like I just called you and you had mm-hmm. no idea and you get to say whatever you want and I'll be the bad guy. But you can say you want out. But that also devalues his market. Like so, like he could pick to go oh, to like most teams, but yeah. like the fact that he says I'm out of there now, teams know that he's out of there, so they're gonna try to give less, and the Falcons don't want that unless they end up cutting him in the end. So in the end, it really kind of hurts a lot of the things behind it. Um, but it's interesting that he he also hadn't spoke to the media, I think, in like a, a long, very yeah, long, a long time. time. So and it, it I don't know the full how many times of like people are like, did Sharp call him? Did he call back? Or like, what was the deal? I don't know the full extent of that. I don't think that there's ever like any sort of like research on it. But he also the I, I from getting the name of the woman said literally at the apartment, remind him he's live. And mm. I mean, you could say, oh, she just sprinkled that on. But like, come on. You know, it's not often in like a Twitter debate or like a normal debate where you actually change someone's mind. I think you just changed my mind. Oh, I don't think you knew. Well, I, thought that, I mean, I just think that the, from the the aesthetics of it all and just how it sounded. Like he even said he wouldn't want to go to the Cowboys. Right. Like why would he, d- you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, that's something true. that you don't divulge to the media or sort of reveal. Yeah. And it ends up hurting him in the long run. It's also like if he knew he was on air, it would be, it. the whole sort of like tone of his voice is like, it was like more like this. He's like, what's up, man? And stuff like that. If he knew, you bring it a little bit more and you're on, when we're on here, you bring it a little bit more. You you're know? not like this all the time? <laughs> No, but you're right. You're right. It was really casual, like way too casual. I, too much so. I don't know if I'm not able to think in a superstar's mind like that, but <laughs> I would think if I'm somebody like Julio Jones and I have friends like that who are analysts that I would know, I would just assume anytime they call you that they're live. Well, I don't believe that because there's also a lot of guys that will search for things after behind the scenes of their shows so that way they can bring on and not necessarily report, but that's why you have a lot of guys that do the reports of, I have a, he- a feeling of, or I have sources of, so that mm-hmm. way down the line, or they can write an article about things. The, a lot of the research they do is when they talk to people behind closed doors. That's what a lot of, like the Shefters and stuff, there's a lot of things that that's they don't report. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that they talk to to get an inkling as to what they want to do. Like all the Rogers stuff of like, that was very much known beforehand. And so him calling and be like, hey, do you want out of there? Could have been as, okay, let me set in the first seed of Julio wants out, but you know, it's not the full extent of where he wants to go. Like there's been nothing of where the Falcons, a team that they've been interested in since. And I think that's been for a reason because nobody wants to talk about it. People are trying. You can guarantee people are trying because it's a very hot story right now. Wow. It, it really could have tanked his prospects is what you're trying to say. I don't know if fully. I'm just saying like the actual method behind the madness of that specific yeah. conspiracy theory is that I don't think it benefits Julio. Like there's been reports out that Julio would want to go to, and I would say official reports. There's been like pro football talk has been like he would like the Titans or the Patriots going along with this. But there's been no reports as to the Falcons specific teams yeah. interested in trading for Julio. The you know point. what I mean? Yeah. So it's different. It's like I want you, but do you want me? I think also if you were going to be on a show, you know, like Undisputed it's a or national whatever, network, man. That you would it wouldn't come from Shannon Sharp's cell phone. So he definitely you know what I mean? Like a producer would call you or you would have oh, yeah. a line to call in. So like the fact that like Sharp literally was taking his phone like this up to his mic. Right. Like that's not I also haven't seen the that. video of right up leading up to it yet. No, I've only seen the clips. I don't know if that there's I don't watch I don't watch their show all that often, just the clips. Mm-hmm. Is it a two-hour show? It's a long show. That Undisputed or whatever? I just, I, I don't do the, 
at least not bickering like shows. You know, like I well, that was yeah. We could. This get is into the, the only one I could handle. <laughs> <laughs> this, this yeah, one. you got enough of it in your life. You yeah. don't need more. I get enough of it on uh, on our record days. Yeah. Uh, Shiner, I'm gonna bring you in here. Sorry. Hello, welcome. Hello, how are you? Uh, it's gr- great, great day. Uh, it's a great day to be alive. Wow, is that deep or is that just? No, I think it's like a Travis Tritt uh, like song lyric. <laughs> got it. Can of course. <laughs> All right. Not that I listened to him, but uh, I had a former coworker who did. Big fan. <laughs> Not sure. me, but my friend. You know, my unidentified Somebody I friend. know, my friend. Um, I'm really bad at these transitions, so I'm just gonna give you 27 seconds on the clock. Yep. Tyler's got it ready to go. Heck yeah. Your time starts now. All right. So there was a little golf tournament over the last weekend, and I just want to one give a shout out to Phil Mickelson, affectionately known as Lefty. I'm left-handed as well, so. <laughs> Being a Tiger fan, Phil was always kind of like the anti-guy that you sort of rooted against. But him winning his first cha- or a championship at 50, being the oldest person to do, and here's my take, opens the door for Tiger to do it at 51. Oh, he has a lot of extra time. But you didn't, like, explain the take. You just kind of said. No, you just, gave us, like, a he- no, you just gave us a headline, and then there was nothing yeah, in the actual no, article. My, my take is because Phil won at 50, yeah. this will be the motivation for Tiger to do it at well, 51. Well, don't you think he they're in very different circumstances? Yeah, obviously oh. Tiger has to make the long road back, but this will now be his motivation to get back. And he has, what, seven years to do it? I just think it's the motivation for him to do it. And I think it's awesome that Lefty pulled it off at his age. All these big hitters. See, now I'm going over my 27 takes. This is why well, I cut no, it we, off we so can, quick. We can, we can explain the take after, but the whole yeah. point is to But it was, it was really cool small. to see someone it was. that age yeah. going up against all these big hitters where all they said is the wind is blowing and <laughs> no one's going to be able to get it on <laughs> the You're green. You're And he just... <laughs> no, the course is notorious. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's extremely tough. It's an ocean tough. course. It's yes. extremely tough. But you got Kepka going out there blasting it at 160, and what does Lefty do? He goes and hits it. 365 veteran move. Sorry, I said 160, 360. You know, just but just showing everyone who's boss. You know, like all right, you guys can't do it, but here I am. I don't know if I've ever heard a take seed seven years before it's supposed to happen. Not only is Tiger not back yet, he's winning in seven years from now. Well, it's like saying Brady was going to win the Super Bowl seven years ago at this specific time. It It, well, nobody had it at the time, so here we go. You're introducing that seed. But I also think the take. It acknowledges the fact that Tiger, when he's healthy, can still play at the level he used to play at. Oh, of course. Yeah. So and that's, and, that's and not the can, thing in question. And now it's proven that he can do it for years to come as well. It's not right. just he's not just going to have one more ride. So. But it is a pretty gruesome injury. I was going to say, like, it is like there is a lot of odds against him that not only is he getting back now, but he's getting back and winning – not just healthy, but in seven years down the line, where a guy that's fallen apart in the last, you know, couple of five years. Yeah, now. but no With one thought back. he was going to do it in 2019, and look at what he did. But but, but yes, but there's also I know there's 50s. an injury aspects to this and everything. Yes, but I'm just saying this is the added motivation for him to strive to win another record, and you know, maybe so if he's Phil never didn't win, get... if Phil didn't win this weekend, it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe not. Mm. <laughs> that's my take. I don't. I guess Tiger just get mad at everything well, everybody does. But my thing is, I don't think that Phil af- specifically. But I don't think because that they have always competed against each other. Right. Do and Phil's in better shape that? now. I than think he was Tiger needs to worry ago. about getting the actual major champ. I think that's way more important to him first than you know passing Jack. I just don't think that athletes care nearly as much as we try and make it out to to be. Like I don't know that depends Le- on the guy for sure. But I don't know that LeBron goes to bed at night and is like. People think that Michael Jordan is better than me, and that keeps me up at no, night. No, LeBron 100% thinks that he's in the shadow of Jordan, guaranteed. It is in his head. You, he owns no, right I think there LeBron for the thinks rest of his life. he's the best player of all time. Because he's I, quite literally said he's, he's the best player of all time on that uh, like ESPN Plus show. or like right. somebody. Everyone has a round table now where they're like smoking cigars and stuff. We have an L. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't get a legit just, furniture store to. I'm just pointing it out. We, we couldn't get the, the full one. Um, um, no, no, but yeah, so I, I, he definitely thinks he is because, like, inflated, like, you, you can't live your entire life being LeBron and not think that you're but I also the bee's knees. But I just also think, like, we can compare players, right? Yes. But, like, how often, Logan, do you sit down and you're like, ooh, <laughs> unidentified sports anchor. I'm better than that person. Well, the the you whole don't think the, that way. The whole athlete experience is is competitiveness. I think definitely to a degree of you know, like you think about your legacy. I think a lot of guys in the when they're interviewed, they talk about not. But I, it's really when you're that good and you've already won. 
what else are you going to do to keep chasing? I mean, it's it's, sim- it's the same sort of thing Shiner's talking about with, with Tiger. It's like, what else is there to chase now to find ways to motivate yourself? I think in LeBron's case, it probably would be something like that because if you've already won and now he's already won with the Lakers, what else is going to keep driving you? Do you you need something else, the dangling carrot in front of you to keep going. But do you think like Tom Brady's sole motivation? Like, is what else to would Tom has now? George like, think Blanda, about it. like just to be the oldest quarterback to play in the NFL? Well, he's already. Yeah. I would become. It's a good question because now it's like, what else? Now he's won without Belichick. So quite literally, what else does Brady have? Just to it's be all untouchable. Just, well, it's just all self motivation at this point. But that's self motivation. Like yes. what Shiner's saying is like he's because Phil did it. Now right. Tiger has. Well, to Brady's. Do it. Well, the difference is Brady's already done everything, so there's nothing else he's chasing. Tiger hasn't already surpassed all of these people. That's what I'm saying is that the it's different because LeBron hasn't passed everybody already, or okay. at least in a lot of people's minds, like you're saying. Okay. Like, we're agreeing that he, like, would think that he's in the shadow. of I guarantee he doesn't think that. But he's also motivated by the people that are saying he's not. I just think it's it's a part of the motivation. Oh, yeah. But I don't, Oh, like, definitely not the entirety. But, like, I, I, just, I just don't see Ty- Tiger right now sitting there in his crutches, you know, being like, Oh God, Phil did it. You know, like I just, he's like, I think it's a great take and I think he'll want to do it. I'm not trying to like trash the take or anything like that. I just, I think we make media make such a big deal about those kind of things. And it's like, I think it's a factor for sure. You're a competitor, like you're competing against other people, but I just don't know that it like keeps them up at night. Mm. Oh my God, Phil won at 50. Like I won't live if I don't do that. Because honestly, right now, seven years from now, Tiger should be hopeful to play at a competitive level i agree you know like the back surgeries have been a problem now the car accident the recovery to that like it's kind of like an alex smith situation like i don't know that it's going to be as dramatic where like smith almost died dozens of times and had so many surgeries but at the same time it's like just getting on the football field was a thing yeah and that was enough and then he was done Mm -hmm. all right i digress that was a good talk. That was a really good. No, I, I think so. That's what takes should be. They should spark. <laughs> they should spark inspiration. They should spark debate. I love that though. We're planting the seeds of seven years down the line. This show will always have a time capsule to reference back to. Does because this, <laughs> does this yeah, Tiger, you won. Leave? You won. Great. How about seven years from now, dude? Let's get it done. Does it have to be the PGA Championship specifically, or just winning a major? Just a major, because that major. was the record, is yeah, the yeah. oldest person to win a major. Yeah. God, we got a lot of a lot of things we got to pay attention to now. It would be easier geez, if, it was, uh. if it was just a PGA <laughs> championship. I'm going to keep this all in one brain. Um, I'll stick with golf and do mine. By all means. Ready? Go. I really believe that trash talking should exist in all aspects of our life, because it makes everything so much more exciting. How many people are now posting golf memes of Brooks Kepka and Bryson, just a, a passing fleeting moment that someone at Golf Channel got fired for releasing. Did they? I don't know. Sorry, I interrupted. That's fine, I don't know, but uh, it probably did because the video got pulled mm-hmm. down. So, but my point is, is that that made golf so much more exciting. I'm going over just because. Well, no, that's my fault too. You get an exception. But no, but but think about it, right? Like. So many people who don't even know who those two people are now use mm-hmm. the meme and care mm-hmm. about it and want to watch the two of them play. It's definitely the most interesting thing that's happened in golf as a whole from the people that aren't diehard fans of golf right. in a while. It's the first time. Because people love disdain. It's the first time it's like accessible, right? Like Phil People Nicholson's love hatred. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's true. They do. They like it's disdain. They like, they like, why do you think people watch reality television? Why? Yes. Why do you think people watched Flavor of Love and loved The Bachelorette? They want the arguments. They don't want the love part of things. What? They want the arguments. They want the people throwing each other in the pool or yelling at each other. I'm it's the same thing in sports. Sports it. hate. The Why are rivalries the biggest thing that draws us to it? The love is good, too. Yeah, it's fine for like a little bit. Oh but like God. in general, fine. the hate is what brings us in. No, but it really. Rivalries. But think about it, right? Mm. Like you can't attach yourself to very many golfers because like you can barely recognize them, right? Like I also don't think that there's a captivating golfer on the tour right now. Phil, if Phil winning was the, like yes. if anybody else yes. won, that would not have been as much of a headline for sure. And now that Tiger's out. That's really it. Nobody else on the golf. and DeChambeau yeah. is kind of the closest thing, and it's because a lot of people don't like him. <laughs> it is. That's now, why. And now Brooks, they cheer against him. They watch to see them lose. It's I, the same things with the great teams. Like people watch to see if the Patriots will lose, or they'll watch right. to see for a while if like the Warriors will lose when they had all uh, all of their stars. That's I, the tuning in fact. And now Brooks embodies everyone's hatred. 
in a little one bit. Eye well, roll. people are picking sides. It's like Twilight all over again. What Edward, Edward or Jacob. Good job. Yeah, I, I, I was honestly on the fly. I think I was like, I think that's it, but we'll go. Which with one's anyway. the sparkly vampire? Sparkly vampire. I, I I think you've you've my limit doesn't go much past <laughs> that. I just know the names. Are they sparkly? Yeah, when they get in the sun, they're sparkly. Like glitter? Yeah, like, like a girl getting ready for prom. Yeah, they're skin Worst vampire movie ever. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, dude. Vampire. Are there here. a lot of vampire movies? Yes. What? What's the best one? Uh, the original original Nosferatu. I haven't even heard I, that I, one. I, I, we're, we're, now we're just, this is kind of a generational gap, I think, right now. Oh, my, did you just call him old? No, because Phil just won, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Old guys, are in, old guys are in right now. There's Come hope. On. 50 is the new 25. Isn't, there, isn't that like a shirt brand where it just says like old guys rock? I feel like those are, it's going to start making this comeback. <laughs> you, you should market those. I, I mean, you're talking to the guy that couldn't move last week because of his back. Yeah, you so threw your back out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I think that was su- sufficient. Look at these trash, takes. trash talking should exist in all aspects of life. You guys have set the bar high with these takes. Yeah. These have been very good takes. Wow. I, yeah. He likes us, guys. He really likes yeah, us. I know. Logan. And I'm about to underachieve. Here we go. Watch this. Is that, is that what your parents say? They're like, oh, there's Logan, our underachiever. Ah, there he is. The worst one. <laughs> Ah, yes. Now, it, yeah, disdain, disdain works in sports, <laughs> and it also works in parenting. I'm just trying to trash talk you yeah, in every exactly. aspect. Mm-hmm. That's what your mom said. My mom loves me. She's the only one. I'm ready for my take now. Ready? <laughs> I think so. Set? Go. I think the NBA needs to have the Sixers win a title, not from just the standpoint of the fans here, but I think that there has been, with all of the player movement and all of the different things that the league has seen in the past decade, basically since LeBron's decision, fun fact, there's been one player since the 2011-2012 season that was drafted by and did not move who was the finals MVP of the team. I think the Sixers need to set the precedent that you can still do that with the Joel Embiid, the Ben Simmons, sticking by your guns and winning a title. It will decease the amount of player movement in the league, which has gotten a little out of hand. A little? Just wanted to put it a little mildly. No, no. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, well, I'd like, there's a lot of it, but I didn't want to be like, it's a detriment, because it is fun in a certain sense, where it's like the offseason, oh, there's, you know, these guys aren't guaranteed to be on their same squads. But it also is a little bit too much, because small market teams quite literally don't stand a chance now. People are yeah. already talking about Zion leaving, and he's only been there for like a minute. I think there's like, there's that lightning in a bottle phenomenon where it's like oh we have the guys like we got to yes. do it this year which is cool like you you yeah. want to strike while the iron's hot well the windows are so short they're getting shorter and shorter and i just i do feel like though it's 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 exhausting like if you're not a player fan you're a team fan mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay who's who am i who's yeah. here who am i rooting for you know there is no big three anymore there is no well there is but it changes all the time but yeah. you know like it, I feel like you can't hang your hat on like, oh, look at that run that team had for a few years. It's like they had a season. Yep. And then they all move on. Well, that's it. And now it's like you're getting into the, the Torontos where it's like you're taking a risk on somebody who's not going to re-sign with you, and that's your only chance at winning a championship. The Nets might not be a thing with those, all these mm. guys in two years. They And they like have to take advantage of this very small window. Fair. So I have a big question for you. Okay. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I think that it's great what the Sixers are doing. However, we did have to suffer through the process to get there. So does that mean every team needs to go through a rebuilding to get better? Or is the reload with all the different stars coming together and what the new NBA is the right way to do it? Well, it's because it's it was it was pretty bad until yeah. Embiid and Simmons got there. There were a lot of misses, you know, like Noel and some other guys, you know. I don't know. I, what well, do you it's think? and it's not to be. It's not to be that you're perfect. I think it needs. It's it's for the market correction side of things. So it's like there's only one way of winning a championship right now: load up, get all these stars. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a drafted team of doing it. That's why people always reference like the what was it? Oh four, oh five Pistons around that era, and like the Mavericks. I think were the last team that was a team team that actually did it. And that was ironically enough in LeBron's decision year, the first year that he got there. If you can have a team that's drafted and win it, then it's like, okay, maybe we're only realizing that there's not this one way of going about winning a title. It's like in the NFL, if it's being like always offense, always offense, always offense, then you get a team like that does a bunch of defense, like that Broncos team in recent years is like, oh, you can win again this way. So it's, it's more so for the side of things that it's like, there's not this one way of going about it. And not that it will like decease a lot of the player movement, 
but maybe it'll do a small factor. Like Giannis re-signing with the Bucks was crazy to me. Like I was like, okay, he's definitely gone. And it's like, okay, here's a guy, and who knows if he'll stay the entirety of that contract, but here's a guy that at least sees it. So even they're, they're the same principle. If Milwaukee goes and wins it, it's the same thing to me. Mm. And I'm just saying the Sixers because it's more relevant here. But I think the league needs that where it's like cookie cutter right now of how to win. You need a little bit of a variant. Wow. Well, I've, I've left you guys very speechless. <laughs> no, but I think Aristotle over here is really. <laughs> well, I was just really thinking about like where yeah. not only like the NBA has gone, but it's in, it started to influence other sports, right? Yes. Like we're watching NFL is getting that way. We're watching the Bucks build a super team and then re-sign everyone again, and it's like well, all these quarterbacks are shooting their way out of town, like the way right. an NBA player would, which I think could be really dangerous. And obviously, Deshaun Watson, before all of the allegations came out, was on that similar way because you have like him, yep, Rogers, everybody's being like, I'm going to dictate where I want to go, which I don't think in the long run would be helpful of the NFL. But I also do think that players need more rights in that league. So it's a balancing act, but how far does it go? Do we feel like that's a LeBron's fault in a sense? Absolutely. Like, like I, I mean, LeBron started, I won't say it's his fault. LeBron started it where it's like the players have power, whereas before that, nobody saw it as such. Which they some, dictate everything. Which some people would say is how it should be. You know, like players. But don't, but don't go too far with it. Lebron, LeBron players should have power, it. but not the entirety of it. LeBron right? started it. Golden State took it too far. I mean, even Kawhi's taken it too far. Like, Kawhi was like, Kawhi not only had his team with San Antonio wanted out, he said, no, Oklahoma City, you have to trade Paul George. So Paul George went to them and was like, you have to trade me. So now he's dictating multiple teams' paths and futures and holding all these GMs captive. They didn't want to make those trades. But they had to because the players were like, I'm not staying with you. That's it. Players have no control, or the teams have no control over it anymore, which is kind of crazy. And I believe the players should have power, but like letting it be the one way that everything goes, it's going to be a little bit too much to where, I just think the small market side of things, where it's like, yeah. why draft this guy, even if he's a star star? He's going to leave. You have no chance. So and they didn't have a chance to begin with. It's, this is not groundbreaking stuff, but still. But you are stomping out the little guy. Whoever can pay the most and create these super teams is going to win. Gonna be no, like, there's going to be no Davids left. Only oh, Goliaths. That's sad. That's yeah, the reality of it, though. That's that's the world. That's, that's the, the world, works, folks. Yeah, deal with it. Wow, we're so <laughs> inspiring today. Really uplifting. I'm telling you, you started, you're like, it's going to be a great day. And then, pew, pew, show goes along. You know. I'm having a good time. It's been fun. It's been fun so far. I think those have been the best takes that we've all had. I feel like we're finally hitting a stride. Maybe. Maybe we can. Keep, guys, <laughs> whoa, 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 guys, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe, Don't go too far there. Maybe we'll keep our jobs. Maybe. Okay. I didn't even have a take last week, so. It's but you made up for it. That was a, that was like a. Tyler mm. took two weeks to think about his Julio it's good Jones take, take and it's it good worked. Take. It is a captive, and, and we didn't. I feel like didn't even get to the full extent of it. No, well, I, there'll be plenty of time. exactly. There'll be plenty, plenty of time. Of time. Um, I, I think about what you're saying with like players getting more power, right? And we're seeing it in professional sports, and I think we're starting to see it in college sports. Mm. We're starting to see where players are possibly going to be able to market themselves, become their own brands, and actually get paid for it. Um, we're seeing that they have more control over where they transfer, all these kind of things. The portal. The portal. And we actually got a really amazing inside yes. look at what it's like to be a coach, a young coach, trying to navigate all of those things um, while the players are getting more power, while recruiting is such a hot topic. Um, and our insider is a man that Central Pennsylvania knows very well, Adam Brenneman. He is the tight ends coach at Arizona State, the new tight ends coach at Arizona State, a Cedar Cliff grad, and our conversation was incredibly interesting. We're joined now by Adam Brenneman. He is an assistant coach at Arizona State. You will remember him, though, because he was a star at Cedar Cliff. Adam, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, let's start where you're at right now. You're in the office. Um, what? Where are you at? What's your role with Arizona State, and kind of where are you guys in your off-season pro programs? Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the tight ends coach at Arizona State. So I, I started here last season um, in 2020 as a uh, as a graduate assistant, actually, um, and then got promoted after one season to tight ends coach. And uh, really, really thankful, appreciative for that. I came out here kind of on a limb and. Uh, took a leap of faith and kind of left the Pennsylvania area where I was for a few years um, and, and decided to get into coaching and it's worked out. And I mean, this is, it's an awesome place to be, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, Tempe, Phoenix area. There's not many better places to live 
Uh, and it's uh, it's been a great experience for me, for me being around some great people like Herm Edwards and um, a lot of the great coaches coaches we have on staff here. So yeah, we're in the off season right now. So uh, actually, June first in a few days is when the uh, is when the NCAA uh, dead period ends for recruiting. So the open period begins, and it's going to be a crazy month for coaches all over college football because we haven't been on the road recruiting. Uh, for for a long time and we haven't been able to have kids on campus for a long time so uh, in a few days our, our life is uh, is gonna get pretty crazy we'll be I'll be traveling all over the country during the week and then come back on the weekends for official visits and then do it all over again you know I think I'm going to like six different states in five days um, for the first few days of June so it's gonna be a gonna be a crazy month but uh but we're excited we haven't been we haven't been on the road for a while so I'm excited and look, looking forward to it is that what's enticing about being a coach because I, I feel like whenever guys are playing they're like you know maybe one day I could get into being a coach and then you actually think about like the hours and what it requires to even just sort of like work your way up and you realize that most of these coaches don't sleep or like do, <laughs> no. do anything when they're in like the thick of things is that something that like you had a feeling it would be like, or now that you're in it, you, you, you're like, Oh snap, it's going. I, I, I think, yeah, it's a good question. I think a lot of it, you know, when you're playing and you think about coaching, you only think about the coaching side of it, like yeah. on the field, calling the plays, teaching technique, when really, especially in college football, it's a whole lot more than that. And in college football, it's really about recruiting. I mean, you're re recruiting is the livelihood of our program. And, and we spend, you know, I, people have always said, you know, I kind of heard this quote before, like college football is about like 75% talent, talent acquisition. So actually getting the talent in the door and then at about 25% of your time spent on developing the talent. And then you just go right back to bringing in talent because you don't, you don't have good players. You got no shot of having a good team. So, so much of our life is about recruiting and that that's what takes up all the time is, is on the road recruiting, recruiting, you know, we're talking to these kids now we're we're in communication with recruits all day every day i mean literally every day with our top guys um so it's it's a it's a whole lot more than just coaching football you know where that's it's different than the than the nfl when the nfl has off time they're off you know like when when it gets to summer in the nfl those coaches don't they, they don't go into work they're off in college you're off you know we'll get off a month here in july but we're still working because you can't just not recruit for a month you know so it's uh it, it's it's the whole recruiting side of it and cost football is what makes it such a crazy business and it's really the recruiting thing's gotten pretty wild especially with all the media following recruiting has now and it's just a whole another industry in itself how about the and just going along with that do you hate the portal then in that case <laughs> do you despise the portal or do you, are you thankful for the portal because there's so much movement and, and maybe landing guys that might be uh, overseen in different programs I've been pretty thankful for the portal. I actually landed two tight ends out of the portal in this class. We brought in a tight end transfer from Oklahoma named Jalen Conyers. And we just brought in uh, last week, uh, just signed a tight end transfer from Mississippi State uh, named Jaquarius Spivey. So we brought in two guys that, that uh, just to kind of fill needs immediately. You know, the thing about the portal is those guys can get here this season and play for us, where if you address the need in the future recruiting class, um, those kids won't be here till the following season. So it, it, it's, it's kind of an immediate need, uh, a place you can go for an immediate need to fill kind of a void or a gap in your roster, which we had to do at tight end. You know, it's one of the first things I did when I got hired was fill that and find a transfer. And uh, now we took two of them. You know, I think the transfer portal is interesting. I mean, tampering is going to happen at a high level with, with coaches trying to get kids in the transfer portal. And um, there's a lot of flaws in it, I'd say, you know, as in, as there is in a lot of different, things and not just football, but different sports and NCA. But I, I've always said that anything that that'll benefit the players, I think is, 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 is an added bonus. And, you know, I think when college football is a business for everybody, but the players we're, we're in trouble, you know, the college football is a business for the coaches, it's a business for the fans, it's a business for the, the, the administration, the athletic departments, everyone's making money. Coaches can get up and leave at any second and take a job and make more money and leave everything behind them. Uh, I don't I don't see a huge issue in letting the players do the same thing, especially one time. And I think you've seen a lot of stories in college football where the transfer portal has helped guys revive their careers. Some of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the country, you know, were transfers, guys that went to different schools. And um, look at Justin Fields from Ohio State transferred, you know, and just so, you know, guys like that where they they started a school, you know, Joe Burrow was a transfer from Ohio State. 
um, Heisman Trophy winner. So I think I think when you when you allow players to find the right fit and to and to allow them to kind of okay things didn't work out here, maybe a coach left, let me go transfer somewhere else and play right away. Uh, it, it's you know like I said there, there there's there's up there's good goods and bads to everything you know but I, I think when you allow the players that freedom it it it, it helps them at the, at the end of the day. Adam's coming to your living room. You're a top tight end. Arizona State wants okay, you. I'm not. Uh, we're saying pretend. <laughs> can you pretend for a second? No, I couldn't even put myself in that aroma. Possibly. Yeah, I, 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 I can even pretend to think he's a top tight end. Yeah, oh. not, not even one wow. bit. Wow. 1,000%. All right, guys, go with me for 30 seconds. Okay, here. maybe. Okay, he's sitting down. He's talking to you. He's saying, yeah. we really want you here. The thing I love about Adam, your story, is that yeah. – You've experienced it all, right? Like you had thirty schol- over thirty scholarship offers coming out of high school. You were a top uh, talent, you know, in your position in the country. You transferred halfway through college, you know. So if you're talking to a transfer portal guy now, you've you've flamed out at the school you originally <laughs> well, committed that's, to. That sounds more about yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. And now you're transferring. Yeah. Like, and Adam's the one you're talking to. He's experienced that too. Like, yeah. do you feel like you've gone through a lot of the processes that these college athletes are are trying to decide their future? in and you've gone through them like does that benefit you almost i think it does that's a good point like it's something i talk to recruits and their families about a lot is like you know and i tell these the 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 kids i'm recruiting like i i literally was in your same shoes you know what 10 years ago nine eight years ago um it makes me feel old when i say that but i was literally in in I was literally in their shoes doing the same thing they're doing, figuring out where you're going to visit, figuring out how to commit, what I'm, where I'm going to go. Um, and it, I think it just creates that relatability, you know, allow, allows them to kind of trust me and open up to me more and, and to tell them I know what they're going through, as opposed to speaking to a, a coach who's, you know, 40. And when he was recruited, it was totally different. They were, their version of recruiting was getting letters in the mail to find out you had an offer. Yeah. Our recruiting is Instagram and Twitter and, you know, videos and graphics like, it's just a different age. And, and I think being a young coach helps in that too, just being able to speak their language. And I tell kids like, you know, like I, I, I listen to the same music you listen to. I wear the same clothes you wear. Like, I mean, we're, we're not all that different um, and I'm not all that much older than them. So that helps a lot. And, and the, the point about the transfer portal too, that, that helped me get these two transfers we got in here at tight end. As I said to him, like, I know what I transferred and when I transferred, my career took off and I know that's what I want to do here with you. So um, that helps too. It's just the relatability and being able to, re- to relate to the kids and kind of speak their language and, and, uh, gain their trust at the end of the day. It's, it's a, it's a relationship business. And, and, um, you know, anytime you can co- find a way to connect with the kids, which I do through my, my similar experiences with them is a, is a bonus and, and it helps us, you know, land the kid at the end of the day. Are you on TikTok? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I have a TikTok. I think I have <laughs> okay. like six followers on it. I I, I post nice. some Arizona State videos and stuff like that. But it is funny, like all these kids we recruit nowadays, they're all TikTok famous. Like, oh, yeah. you know, they're all like we we look at all if, obviously we scour social media, I'll make fun of the kids and like send them their TikToks and like this is you really gonna post this dancing like to this song and but they're all TikTok famous. Like it's fun, like yeah. all the big recruits, they all have like eighty thousand followers and and they're, they're, they're brands in themselves as recruits. The top kids in the country are their household names in, in, in schools and colleges. It's cr- like they'll come on campus and you got fans chanting their name. It's the same, same experience I had at Penn State. We just didn't have TikTok or Instagram when I was getting recruited. Yeah. Is, is, is subtle roasting a useful tool in recruiting? Like in like a playful, <laughs> loving way, you know? Sure, like kind I of like you've known the them for years type of deal? Yeah, I, I make fun of them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's how you I'll recruit. Make, I'll make fun of their outfits, the prom. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, but I feel like that's like you're like an older brother, you know. Exactly. Like you're just you're just picking on your younger brother, which you yeah, have no, experience, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Isn't, I mean, in a, in essence, it's kind of what coaching is. I feel like, especially at the assistant spot, mm. where it's like you kind of have to have that relationship going in because you're talking about bringing them in and that just the, all of the eggs that it goes towards recruiting a guy. But once you get them there, I feel like connecting is like a whole different monster. You're talking about like 75, 25, the actual like tight end yeah. specific, you know, position. Um, but once you get them there, do you sort of notice that things have to be like different relationship wise, right? It's one thing to reel in the fish, but then you got to cook it, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. I think it, part of that is like transparency and honesty and just um, getting that trust. And I think, you know, obviously when you're recruiting a kid, it's very different than coaching the kid. Um, you know, you try to be as real as you can and, 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 and be truthful and honest all the time. But you know, the, the relationship's a little different when you're recruiting them to when you're coaching, you know, and I tell kids like, 
my number one kid that I want at tight end, I may call him every single day. I tell him, look, when you're here, I ain't calling you every single day. Like, it's just, it's just not happening. You know, we'll, we'll be close. You need anything, you call me, we'll coach the heck out of you. But like, I don't have time to call you every single day. Um, and I think that's kind of the, how recruiting has gone where it's such a crazy business and you're trying to land the kids, but when you get them here, I think when you, when you build a real relationship with them and, and like, and they trust you when you get, when they get here, you can be really hard on them. You know, like it, the more that they think you care, the, the harder you can be on them. And, and I think that that's kind of, but it is a shock when kids get here because you're not yelled at when you're getting recruited. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't seem useful. No one's hard on you when you're getting recruited, yeah. um, you know, but but when you get here, obviously things, the, the, the stakes are up and you, you now you need to perform or you're not like if you don't perform, you know, like you're not helping us win games, which costs us jobs, you know, so it, it turns into a business right away once you get them here. And But again, I think being truthful and transparent in the process and and, and, you know, and, I, and I'm honest with kids during the process, too. Like, we'll be recruiting a kid, and he might not be playing well because we see all his game film in high school and all the talent. Like, dude, like, you're, this, isn't, this isn't cutting it. Like, you're not good enough to play here right now. you got to get better at this, this, and this. And I think when you do that during the process, it kind of lets them trust you more and realize that it's not just BS all the time, that you're being being honest with them. But it is a, it is a transition to getting to, you know, where you're, where you're spending so much energy from, this, from the staff trying to land a kid to then when you get them there um, – you know that that relationship's always there, but it, it turns into a little bit more of a of a of a coach player relationship than it is a big brother and 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 little brother relationship. You know, it, it just turns into a little more a little more of you know, it's serious now. Let let let's let's make some things happen. I think the thing about recruiting too is like just because you don't go to the school that recruits you doesn't mean that relationship's over. Like obviously you can't help them extensively if they're not in your program, but like I'm sure in the schools that you talk to, you still have a relationship with some of the coaches that recruited you, even if you didn't commit to them like you did to Penn State. What do you what do you think makes a good recruiting visit? Like you're trying to really like win someone over. What what do you have to do? Obviously you hope they fit in your your program, but like is it the meal? Is it <laughs> The campus visit like i don't know what is it makes chipotle it, is, do you get them chipotle yeah. and that's it it would work for yeah. me call it a day <laughs> starbucks and chipotle yeah. and that's all it is i love chipotle I, that, oh, yeah, I, do, I think we're all in agreement my, there that's actually the reason we brought you on in the first place yes. we heard there were rumors Star, starbucks and chipotle <laughs> um but no it, it's there's a lot that goes into the visits obviously meals and tours and everything I, I really think at the end of the day kids make decisions based on relationships and a fit you know, you got to show them how they fit in your program and the plan that 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 we that 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 the school has for you. Um, I I don't think my, my, most kids aren't making decisions based on you know facilities or what the campus looks like or you know the, I'm talking about the, the the top recruits. They're not they're not they're not saying I love the campus at Arizona State. I want to go there. You know, they're not saying oh I love the warm weather and that's now it may be a factor in like okay I want to go to a warm weather school now what's the best fit. You know, but really, you, you got to make them feel wanted, which which is easy to do when you really want the kid. You know, you got to have a good relationship and make sure they trust you, and then you got you got to show a good fit. If if you don't, if a kid doesn't fit into your offense, or if if we're recruiting a tight end and we don't use tight ends, which we do, but if we didn't, like a tight end ain't coming here, no matter how good our facilities are. Or, you know, so it, I think it's more about that, and the, the visits more about you know, we tell kids too, like when we get them on official visits, like yeah, the official visits fun and everything, but like you know, it's now business time. Like, let's figure out, do you want to be here or not? You know, we're, we're like, like this, like merry-go-round of a circus of like a year and a half of recruiting. Like now that you're here, you've seen everything. Like, you know, this is what's going to happen in June. We're going to have a ton of kids coming to campus, probably going to official visit 20 some kids. And um, they're going to make decisions after that. And, you know, for us, it will make them they'll have a fun visit and they'll have a great, good time and they'll hang out with the players and we'll go to fancy dinners and everything. But it's really, you know, it's now it's crunch time now. Let's figure out, do you want to be here or not? And let's, let's answer any questions you have and, 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 you know, figure out if this, if, if we want to do this thing or not. So um, th th there's a lot that goes into the visits, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the, a fancy dinner, I don't think is going to land many recruits at the end of the day. And, and if a kid's making decisions based on what facilities are best, I don't, that's probably not a kid you want in your program anyhow. You're landing us. You're landing us a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, oh, filet mignon. Yeah, I will sign immediately. Whatever you need, coach. Um, also, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't ASU still the number one party school in the U.S.? Um, it, depending <laughs> I mean, I don't ask. know. I don't know how much recruiting you guys actually need to do if you're getting. Well, we we like, get that question a lot from parents. So. From parents? Oh, not from the kids, just the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're so worried. They're very concerned. Of course. The kids think, don't I, ask you that. 
I think Arizona State used to have a reputation as more of a party school, and they've done a good job. Our president, Michael Crow, has made an effort to kind of shift away from that. And, you know, we're one of the top public research schools in the country. And, um, you know, we've, we've done a, a big effort to kind of shift away from being a number one party school. Our, our students have fun, though. We tell kids, like, if you want a lifestyle, like, like, like this is out here is lifestyle. Like, if you want to, if you want to play big time football in a big time conference and uh, have exposure to the NFL and play for great coaches and also live in a great area and great weather and have a great lifestyle and have fun off the field as well, like, and get a great degree, like, th there's not a better combination of all that than, than here. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm, I, it sucks ASU didn't recruit me when I was in, in high school. I might have gone here instead of Penn State. I don't know. But like you, but like Herm Edwards has to party, right? Like you can't. There's <laughs> no way, right? Logan. Uh, well, like have a good time. Yeah, no, we're not going. He, he we're not going time. in I'm depth not, of not what sure. Herm Edwards sure does. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just saying surface level. Like he's not going home after a game and going to bed, right? Like he'll go to a bar. I'd imagine. I mean, the before maybe. Times. I mean, yeah, her, her, Herm has fun, but he's but he. I don't think he's partying. Like he's not. <laughs> he's not partying, partying. But yeah. Uh, but but he's uh he definitely has fun. He's such a fun dude to be around. Like the guy that you see on TV all the time, and like that personality is is what what we get every single day. Like he's constantly just his his one liners and his and his motivational speeches, and it's awesome. And it's good for young coaches. He does a great job of like coaching young coaches. And we have a lot of young coaches on our staff. Me and our DBs coach, Chris Hawkins, we're the two youngest coaches in Power Five, in, the, in Power Five football. So we're both 26, and we're the two youngest in the country on the same staff, which is you know pretty pretty unheard of. So, but he does a good job of coaching us because like we haven't seen it all. You know, like I'm seeing new things all the time. He is as well, and but he does a good job. I'll come into my office in the mornings a lot, and there'll be a there'll be a piece of paper on my desk. Um, which will be just like a like a, some words of advice for like the week or the day and just like just that he types up and just gives to me and I'm she gives it to some other coaches too and he does a great job of just keeping us you know our mentality right and just you know because that's the job of a head coach really is you're coaching your coaches because we interact with the players more than anybody else so um, but he, he's 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 awesome man I couldn't I, I was blessed to have my first opportunity to be to be working for Herm Edwards you that's why I said that sounds like a fun guy yeah. That was the whole basis of it. You're going a little far. You're going to get people in trouble. Party, I, you took a – partying was not the extent. I meant, like, have a beer after the game and stuff like that. All right, I'm just saying. Just I'm, not saying party with the I'm not saying party with the players. Drinks. Wait, what did you just say? I don't think he drinks. See? You're getting people in trouble. Well, that's why I asked. Well, now you a got yes, the answer. No question. You got the answer. It's a no. <laughs> He's just a very charismatic guy, and so I figured he that he, he would be – Fun loving. If you're sitting at home with the family, right, and and now we're we're calling ourselves family here. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming us. Yeah, right. Um, and you're given like your Herm Edwards story, you know, like mm. how you describe him to people, and you did a great job there. But what's like that one memory that you think you're gonna have forever of Herm Edwards? Oh, boy, there, there's a lot. Um, geez, I, I I think he my one thing that he always so he likes to just like he just like he's always but like making jokes and like making fun of people like just like in good spirit so but after he hires me to be the tight ends coach here so last year I missed a ton of work because of uh because of COVID like I had it and then we got close contacted a bunch of times like I even like missed a game last year so like mm -hmm. I got had flown home from a game because I was close contacted the whole thing's the, the whole thing was it, it is what it is but I missed like tons of work along with a bunch of other people but he his thing like now like he constantly will just bring up the fact that he'll be like i've never seen someone miss 80 days of work and still get promoted and all this stuff. <laughs> and he's, and he's always making fun of me for like missing a game and stuff you know and he's he's like in, in all my career i never missed a game and you missed a darn game and get promoted the week after and so he, he's always he's just always uh like light-hearted fun like he's always just just making jokes and stuff i mean it's it's crazy just like being around him every day and especially like you got him you got marvin lewis who was the Bengals head coach for uh, forever you know you got antonio pierce the, the giants linebacker you got just tons of NFL NFL connections and guys on the staff. It's crazy just to sit here and like to be on that staff. Sometimes you just look around the room and it's like Herm, Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis in the same room, like talking football. Like it's just a crazy to be here as like a young coach. It's like you just gotta like pinch yourself sometimes and be like, is this is this real? You know. And and um, but yeah, being around Herm's awesome. You know, my other my other favorite moment would be like when he told me I was getting the tight ends job. You know, I was obviously I was a GA. 
at the time they were they were they were interviewing a bunch of people for the open tight ends job here um just you know right after this past season and um you know i i i thought i was probably gonna get it but i wasn't super sure and had my interview and he just one morning just pulled me into his office it was just like he said he said you're gonna be our tight ends coach don't you worry about it you're gonna be the coach just, just give me a day and i'll make it official so that was like how he told me and it was it, it's always a good moment and yeah i'm a, i'm super appreciative of him he's been he's been uh you know, a, a great mentor for me throughout my first couple of years in the in the business. Yeah, it really just feels like you're already at the top, you know? Well, I was going to say, too, that is, I mean, most people that sort of, like, start out in coaching, it kind of feels like they go through the grind of, like, years and years on end where it's like, you know, you're just starting out as that, what, graduate assistant, like you're saying. Yeah. And then they finally get that opportunity. So I think anything that's within that sort of short window is like, wow, you kind of look around. And especially, you're talking about being surrounded by guys like Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis and stuff, like, is it easy? I mean, like, do you humble yourself on a daily basis? Because those are guys that are pretty well accomplished in the game, For not sure. even just that level. Yeah. Like I said, it is crazy. Like Antonio Pierce has been great. Like he's, he was a big reason I got, I got promoted here too. You know, he was a big part of that. And um, I've been gotten pretty close with him. Um, you know, he's been, he's been a great mentor for me. It, it, like, like you said, it, it, it's nuts. Like just to look around and think that I'm on this staff, you know, you know, how many young coaches want to be on the Arizona state staff just because there's so many legends on this staff. And, and they've also shown that like with these older coaches, like Herm and Marvin, like they're promoting young coaches because they're, they're kind of molding the younger crowd. We have, what do we have three coaches at 30 or under on our staff, you know, which is unheard of in the power five conference. Um, you know, but, and like you said too, like I'm very appreciative and, and, you know, I'm very aware of that. My journey wasn't, wasn't what like most coaches journeys in college football, like a lot of coaches are grinding it out for five years as a GA and making no money. And, um, that's not lost on me. And, and, you know, I'm very appreciative of kind of how my process was, you know, and, and part of my interview process for this job was that I didn't go through all that time, but I did do things before I got into coaching that I think prepared me for the, where I'm at now. And, um, but yeah, I'd say a lot of it was luck, you know, just being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, the chances that I'm here for a season and the tight ends coach leaves and it opens up and like a lot of things had to work out well, but I just kind of tried to prepare myself the best I could to be a position coach when the time came and, um, you know, the time came and luckily, you know, we have a head coach like Herm Edwards who, who, who is willing to give young people a chance. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, it's, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And again, it's, it's, I, I have so much respect for the coaches that did grind it out from the time they're 22 to 28 to get their first job. And, um, there's, there's a ton of people, a ton of head coaches, James Franklin grinded out for a while, you know, to be before he became a, uh, a position coach and you know and and I kind of took a lot from those guys and and I also think it's kind of the nature of where the game's going you know like more more young coaches are getting hired because it's so much about recruiting you know that, that's like really what it's so like coaches or head coaches are hiring younger coaches now where in the, in the in the past it was more about you know putting your time but now coaches are seeing the benefit and the value of having young coaches on staff that can connect with recruits in kind of a different way so it is what it is, but you know, I'm, I'm super thankful to be kind of, to be where I am right now. I'm just thinking like your last season was so strange. You mentioned you, you missed 80 days or, or something like that just because of COVID and everything like this fall is going to be so special. I feel like for everyone who's involved in college football, because stadiums will be packed. You'll get to hopefully, I guess I should say, hopefully still to all these things, but like we're moving in such a positive direction. Have you thought about what that stadium is going to be like, you know, this fall, just, based on last year? It's going to be crazy. I mean, yeah, last fall, especially for that to be my first year in college football, um, it was, I mean, coaching college football, it was, it was a strange year. I mean, we, we were game planning for games we never played and we, we played four games. I mean, it, yeah. it was, it was kind of crazy. We had no fans in the stands. The Pac-12 obviously was kind of behind everyone else and in, in, in playing and everything. So uh, it's going to be crazy. I, I think, we're hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. I don't know if I can say this yet, but we're we're hopefully going to have full full stadiums this fall in the Pac-12 and at Arizona State. So it's going to be it's going to be an awesome year. It should be a big season for us. You know, we get, we're returning a lot of starters on both sides of the ball, and you know, it's one thing about this place, like like guys don't want to leave. You know, we 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 had almost everyone come back for their final season because everyone got an extra year of eligibility with COVID. So we had almost, you know, we had tons of seniors come back for their sixth year this season to kind of try to make a run at this thing together. And um, a lot of people that are that are you know, really appreciative of, of the opportunity they have here. And I think, too, you look at our transfer portal numbers, like we haven't had guys jumping in the portal. 
um, which is which is unique. And and uh, you know when you see programs across the country with tons and tons of guys in the portal, you know it kind of speaks to our culture here and the job that that Coach Herm does um, with our players. It's Herm Edwards and Chipotle. Good enough and for me, sunshine. man. Are you serious? And Good enough for me. <laughs> uh, last things for Adam. Anything you? Any burning questions? Um, no, I. D- I think the only other thing is more of a large overall question, just because the. It's very interesting to see what the tight end position has become, not just in college, but in all of football. Where it's if you're not like a hybrid, not that you're irrelevant, but it feels like there's more and more your traditional just blocker tight end is getting a little bit more phased out. Do you guys look for certain guys that can do both or like the basketball player type of tight end? I'm, I'm just very curious on that front of, of what the game leaned towards, at least in your eyes at the tight end yeah, position. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking for guys that can do both. You really don't want one that's like too one dimensional. Um, now, now like the, we won't like you have to be athletic and be able to run and catch the ball or else, or else you're just, we'll just put a tackle in the game to play, to play <laughs> tight end. So, you know, like the days are like, yeah, like you said, like just blocking tight ends, they don't really exist. Like you need to be able to run and catch and be, but, but you also gotta be physical. You know, if you're too much of just a pass catcher and you're not willing to block or be physical, then, then we might as well just, we might as well just put a, a wide receiver in the game. So, you know, it, it's, we're looking for guys that can do both. You want length, you know, guys who are like six, four, six, five, six, six, um, that can run and have good ball skills. And, and really, it's, it's the physicality part that you look for in film and high school kids. You know, a lot of them don't know how to block in high school. So you, you try to find the mold and then teach them how to block. But you can't teach athleticism. You know, you can't teach speed. You can't teach um, having some natural movement skills and things like that. So, uh, but you're, you're, a lot of them are the basketball player mold. Um, but really, you're looking for a guy that can do both, that can project to be like a true, like big tight end that can play all over the field for you. My last question, just because we're sitting here in central Pennsylvania, uh, there's so many great football people from this area, but do you have a message to those kids maybe back at Cedar Cliff who are thinking, hey, I really want to be Adam one day? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's crazy to think about like my high school career and like when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, like I had no idea that I'd become a big recruit and I just kept working and kept working at it and trusted my coaches and the people around me and um, you know, just the, the more that you can put into it, the, the more you'll get out of it. And, um, you know, it's something that coach Franklin used to say, like, the more you love the game, eventually the game's going to love you back. You don't know when it's going to be. You never know if it's going to be your freshman year, your senior year, you know, mine loved me back my sophomore and junior year. And then it, then I tore my ACL my senior year. And, and, it, and it, so it's, you're going to have ups and downs in it, but just if you can persevere and have a positive attitude all the time, you know, things will work out. And, and, um, you know, uh, I, for kids in Pennsylvania, like in at Cedar Cliff and like small town PA, like college coaches will find you. If you put in the work and you're talented, um, they call it, the coaches will find it. We, we see guys all the time all over the country. So um, just keep working. And I'm hoping we get a big time recruit out of Cedar Cliff here soon and we can bring the Arizona State. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you to Huddle, sure. right? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. It changed everything. You I, got, I got one last one and it's very important. Yep. Uh-oh. Do you miss like Sheets or Wawa? Yeah, I haven't seen a Sheets or Wawa in a long time. I, I will. I'm going to be back on the East Coast through the summer go. for a couple of weeks, so I may have to hit Sheets or Wawa. I'm more of a Sheets guy, but okay. Um, yeah, okay. I may have to. I may have to. Uh, have to hit it and uh, and see what I may. You know, we go down to the shore. May have to hit Wawa. You know, at, at the beach. You know, so we, we we get a few weeks off in the mm-hmm. summer though before the season starts, and so we're really grinding. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to being back on the East Coast for a couple of weeks. That was a very political answer. You I know, I liked it. I was, was like, going to say, like, you're not making people mad. You're like, I'll, I'll spend time at one. There. I'll spend time <laughs> at the other one. Yeah, no, I, at first when you said I like sheets, I was like, oh, God, Fight we're going to get hate mail. <laughs> Adam, we need people to watch the podcast, right. not hate us, you know? I know. Uh, well, we appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the last couple, couple weeks before you get some time off. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Want more of these interviews? We've talked to Cowboys first-round draft pick Michael Parsons, NFL Network's Kim Jones, and Hershey Bears head coach Spencer Carberry. You can watch our full episodes on our website, abc27.com, click on Sports, and then The Sports Extra Podcast, or listen wherever you find podcasts. Thank you so much to Adam. Insightful. Told you. (laughs) You love that word. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly because I got made made fun of from the start, so you got to bring it back now. I'm going to get you a thesaurus for your birthday or Christmas. Oh, because then I can barely read as is some days. At the the end of the interview, I'm going to make you find a different word for insightful. 
Yeah, maybe it's helpful because I can't think of one right now. You're better at math than you are at vocabulary. And I'm not good at math either. You did that that 27 times. I know. Two well, thing. that was the, uh, that was the that was the ceiling, you know. And then you got times three. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Wow. See. And then you got. <laughs> <laughs> times three. I was so proud. I was so proud. Uh, they didn't have math courses at Emerson too, which is the irony of it all. I haven't taken a math class since senior year of high school. Mm. I feel like that should be part of a journalism curriculum, but it is not. It's part of the slogan of the show. No math. The Sports Extra podcast. It's sometimes math. Nope. Not going to stick. Ah. Ah. Let's close the show now. <laughs> all right. Um. We were just talking. I, I think if my um, dates are correct, my math is correct, that we're mm. done with May. <sighs> we got through two months of this. Well, sort of. We started in April. We got through two months of this thing. I know. It's not going to be May. Oh. oh, that is how the month started, isn't it? Wow. Ah, memories. A, it's been a long memories, month. Memories, yeah. It has. Wow, that's actually insane. It's going to be June. Yeah, um, and June. Big month. <laughs> Big month for the show. If Big everything show. comes together, it's a great month for the show. I think so. Logan might get to stay on it. We'll see. We're still trying him out. It's up to management. Is it that 90-day trial period where then we can return you to the store if we don't like it? It's just as entertaining as 90-day fiancé, but 90-day employee. 90-day employee. 90-day <laughs> <laughs> <90 laughs> podcaster. Yeah, you've passed that a few times, so we'll, we'll keep you around. But the guests are super exciting. We're still in negotiations, still in talks, trying to convince people that... Can't, we can't give it away. We'll love them forever if they come on. That's about all I can offer. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to come back next Thursday, see who we get. But for now, Allie Ruby, Logan Reaver, if you want to find the podcast, you got to go to abc27.com. Have a great afternoon. for making it to the end of the episode if you've gotten this far you clearly must like what you've heard so could you subscribe rate the show and leave us a review